Welcome to We Built This Life, the podcast that tells the stories of entrepreneurs, freelancers, and others who built their working lives from that first inkling of an idea into sustainable, profitable careers. I'm your host, Jennifer Walker. I'm a freelance writer, and I absolutely love to hear career stories. On this podcast, I'm going to share stories about people who figured out what they wanted to do with their lives and talk about their path to their current work and the risks they took to build their careers from the ground up. Thank you so much for listening today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of We Built This Life. Thank you so much for tuning in. I thought I would start off today by talking about my career story to date, and it's a work in progress for sure. But to give you a brief summary, I'm a part-time freelance writer, and I have three little kids, a six-year-old daughter and two sons, ages four and 13 months. My older two kids are in school for most of the day, but my youngest, the baby, he's home with me. So I wanted to tell you how I got to this point. I'm going to go all the way back to college. I I never really had a plan for, for my career. When I was in college, I studied journalism because I liked writing, but I was very, very shy. I'm still more of a shy, introverted, even socially awkward kind of person. But as a teenager, my shyness was really strong. So when I was in school, there was this fundamental journalism class that everyone in the major had to get through. And you had to write 20 stories for the college newspaper. This scared me like so much. I physically felt sick about it. And if, if you're the type who, of person who gets like really nervous and anxious, you probably know what I mean. I just, I couldn't get up the nerve to go up to people on campus and ask them questions so I could write these 20 newspaper stories. It was really hard for me to go up and just talk to people that I didn't know. So I changed my major. I became an English major and I read books and I wrote papers and I didn't really know what I was going to do with that after I graduated college. But for the time being, I didn't have to interview anyone I didn't know. And that was the goal. So, so that was great. So I graduated and I I got my first job at a nonprofit working for my friend's mom. And it was the first of a lot of nonprofit jobs I had in my twenties. I switched jobs every one or two years. I did different things. I coordinated trainings. I organized volunteers. I was an AmeriCorps volunteer myself for a year, helping to organize cooking classes. But I was just kind of treading water. You know, I wasn't incredibly interested in any of these jobs, even though I was working for organizations that were doing really great work. But for the most part, um, with maybe the exception of one position, they, they were really just jobs that brought a paycheck. But looking back, I can see that I was always volunteering at these different nonprofit jobs for writing assignments. And by this point, I was actually interviewing people to write, you know, sort of newsletter stories for one of the organizations, for example. I had sort of gotten that over that hump about interviewing people. But at the time, I didn't make the connection that I should try to be a writer. And then fast forward, I graduated in 2001 from college. So five years later in 2006, my brother died and that kind of changed everything. You know, I know we all have these, you know, sort of life altering traumatic things that happen to us, but to date this has been mine. So at the time I was I was 27. I was living in New York and this one particular weekend, it was Memorial Day weekend, I was in Maryland where I'm from for my friend's wedding. I was a bridesmaid in her wedding. She was the first one of my friends to get married. And all of us were at the, the nail salon in town getting our nails done the day before. And I remember I was 
lying down in a chair in the salon with my eyes closed and a couple of girls came through the door and I heard one of them say, there is a man lying in a pool of blood outside of the Kentucky Fried Chicken. I'll, I'll never forget that. I'll never forget that she said that. And this was the Kentucky Fried Chicken was on kind of the main strip in our town. In the moment, I remember feeling like the person was probably okay. Like it wasn't that serious because violence just didn't happen in the town where I grew up and that it was it probably happened to someone I didn't know, right? Because I, I didn't live there anymore. The chances that I would know this person were probably pretty slim. But, you know, come to find out, it was my brother. He had been stabbed in the throat. And what happened was he was waiting at a stop sign next to the health department of, of all places. And he was waiting to turn right. And he had his window down. And he didn't know it, I guess. But but someone, it was a 19-year-old guy, had been following him. And this other guy ended up stabbing my brother in the throat through my brother's open window while he was waiting at this stop sign. And his carotid artery was severed. At least that's how I remember it. And my brother did get out of the car, um, we think, because in the funeral home, we could see that he had cuts kind of all over his knuckles. So we think that maybe he punched the other guy a couple of times, but he he lived for just maybe two more minutes after after this happened. So my brother's name was Pat, like Patrick, and he was 23 at the time. He had just graduated from college. He studied sports management and he worked at the GNC in town. He had just moved in with his girlfriend and her five-year-old son. And this is why I kept thinking right afterwards, right? He woke up that day. It was a day like any other day. He got ready for work and that was it. That was the end of his life. And I, you know, like I said, I know we live in a world where things like this happen all the time. A death like this isn't unusual, unfortunately. But when it happens to someone you know, it, it really shakes you up. So I had a therapist afterward for about two years. I went back to New York and I remember telling her one day, you know, because I, I was really struggling with this. I, I said, you know, I just kind of feel like a ghost, like I'm this hologram and the streets of New York are really crowded, but I'm just kind of floating through all these people and I just feel like I'm not even really here. I was just in my own mind and I was trapped in this experience that happened to my brother and, and my grief about it. And I still struggle with anxiety about violence a little bit, even today, 13 years later. Um, I'll talk about that a little bit more later. But, but at the time, we lost my brother. I was in my late 20s, and just to bring this back around to, to work, I was struggling with work afterwards, or at least with desk jobs, which is the type of full-time work I, I have always done. Um, at the time, my thought process was, I just, I don't want to sit behind a desk anymore right now. You know, I knew it was the responsible thing to do, that people, they save for retirement, they save for their futures, their houses, their kids, but at the time, I... I really couldn't think that far ahead. I was 27. I had a boyfriend who is now my husband and we had been together for a year, but we didn't have kids yet. And I truly didn't know how long I was going to make it. At the time I thought there's, my brother died when he was 23. There's no way I'm making it until retirement. So my thinking, and I know this isn't logical, but I thought, I, I don't know how much time I'm going to be here. You know, I don't want to spend so much of my day right now sitting in one 
place in the same building every day. I mean, this is just my reaction, right? Some people work really well in office environments. My husband and I were talking about this one day. He's an admissions counselor for a university, and it's a nine-to-five job, you know, more or less. He really likes the job itself, first of all, but he was saying that he likes the structure. He likes knowing when his lunch is going to be, when he's going to go home at the end of the day. But for me, it's, it's completely different. I don't mind working in the morning and then taking a break to buy groceries or, you know, to take care of the baby and then coming back and working late at night. You know, I like that flexibility and I like sort of having every day be a little bit different. So at the time, I just wanted to see if I could find a work environment that was more flexible to just try it out, just to see how it would feel. So I started freelance writing. I was really lucky. My last full-time job was as a grant writer, and this is probably a decade ago now. So my first freelance job after I left that full-time grant writing position was as a grant writing consultant. So that was you know, obviously a really great place to start. It was a regular freelance gig. It paid me a retainer, like a consultant fee every month. So there was a little bit of structure payment wise. And I did this for about about three years. And at that time, I also went back to graduate school for nonfiction writing. So I had gotten married to my, my boyfriend was now my husband. We moved back to Baltimore, where I'm from. And I went to school. And, uh, you know, I had this grant writing gig, and then I also started taking on other freelance work, writing stories for university, trade, and consumer magazines. I think my first um, other freelance gig was for a university nursing magazine, and that was because I knew someone who put in a good word for me. You know, I didn't know how long I was going to be a freelancer, but this was sort of working fine while I was in school. And then in 2012... My husband and I had our first baby and freelance writing just ended up being a really great fit after that. I could take care of the baby. I could avoid, you know, sort of paying for daycare, which can get really expensive. And I could still bring in some money. And I'm lucky that I live near my parents and that they have somewhat flexible schedules. So they've been able to help me by watching the kids while I do interviews. And then the great thing about writing is that you can do it at any time. You know, I can do it at night while I'm holding the baby if I have to. I'm actually recording this while the baby is taking his nap and he's in the sling, like right right in front of me. So that flexibility has, has really worked well for me. And even though interviewing people is what scared me away from journalism so long ago, that's actually really what I like about freelance writing now. I mean, I still get nervous before the actual interview, but... I like being able to ask other people questions and learning more about them, right? Like I might still get anxiety about going to parties or social events where there are a lot of people and I have to hold up one end of the conversation with people I don't know. I'm just not great at making small talk, but I really do like to learn about other people. And interviewing people gives me the opportunity to ask other people questions that, you know, might feel strange or too invasive if I met these same people at a social setting, and I was asking these same questions. So that is how I've come to do the work I do, <laughs> at least for now, while I, I still have a young child at home who isn't in school. Just because I want to be honest about the challenges, freelancing can be tough sometimes. You know, of course, everything has challenges. You can have clients you've worked with for a while, and then you might not hear from them again, and you might not really know why, and that can be tough. 
every client you work with is different and, and payment schedules are different. So you might work with some people who pay really quickly. You might work with some people who pay not so quickly. I've worked with uh, people in the past where checks have been held up for like months at a time. So that's just something that you have to get get used to. It's not like getting a paycheck every two weeks. And then I would say that it is probably also good if you're a freelancer, if you have a thick skin. In the freelance writing world, you know, you might send story ideas to people or, or LOIs, which are letters of interest. They're kind of like cover letters where you tell organizations about yourself and the services you offer. Lots of times you won't get a response and you have to sort of be okay with that and persistent and just keep plugging along or you will get a response and your writing might not be the right fit for a particular client. You know, everybody is looking for different things. So I think it's good to have a thick skin, to be persistent. And for me, that can be a challenge because at least for my particular type of personality, it's, you know, it can be, you know, all that rejection and being persistent can be tough, but you just kind of have to keep going. Um, And then on the positive side, what I really love about freelancing is that the work is always changing. Like I said, I get to talk about different people, about what they do. I get to learn about people, which is nice. I really do like putting stories together. You know, you, you're using quotes from the interview and research and it's, it's kind of like a puzzle. And then you put everything together to come up with a story. And I, I actually think that's pretty fun. I really like it. And I've also had a lot of really positive experiences as a writer. I've had editors I've known for years and who I've learned a lot from and who I'm very happy to work with again and again. And I feel really lucky that someone pays me to sit you know, at home and to put stories together. I think that there isn't a job out there that would be a better fit for me. Now, the violence anxiety that I mentioned earlier, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about getting into this too much because I'm worried about how it's going to make me sound. But in case it helps somebody else who's listening, who is maybe going through something similar, I'll just, I'll talk a little bit about it and how having this anxiety has sort of impacted the work I've chosen. So I have been anxious about violence for as long as I can remember. Back to when I was a kid, I can remember lying in my bedroom at night in this pink bedroom with like cat wallpaper. And I said prayers at the time. I would say prayers like, dear God, please don't let this and this and this happen to anyone I know or anyone in the world. And then I would list every horrible, violent death I could imagine. I was always so worried about something bad happening to to someone I knew. And then my brother was murdered and, you know, it was kind of like all the, all the fears I had had actually were now a reality. And I was really anxious about violence right after that. My husband and I lived in a house in Queens in New York, and it was divided into different apartments. And there was this um, couple who lived below us. And the man down there was angry a lot. You know, we would hear him kind of arguing with his wife and he was really loud and my brother had just died the way he did. So I was always listening really closely to make sure the woman was okay, but I would check the windows to make sure they were locked because I was just so worried that when someone gets loud and angry that they can snap and something bad can happen. A couple of years passed though, my anxiety did get better. You know, we moved to Baltimore and everything was a little bit better for a while. But then I had kids, my husband and I had kids, and it got worse all over again. So what what does this have to do with work, right? I 
I get anxious in spaces with other people. I don't know. I get anxious having to sit in one space for an extended amount of time and not really having freedom of, of movement. Like a couple of examples, like just in my personal life, I don't love when people come to my house to fix things. Like if something happens to the cable or if something happens to the toilet, then I'm in this enclosed space with somebody I don't know. It, it just makes me really anxious. You know, I get a little bit anxious in movie theaters or in concerts. And even when I go to a coffee shop near me to work sometimes, which is actually a really quiet place, I still go to these places, but I'm always looking around me to see who's there. And sometimes even like imagining, you know, scenarios that could happen. Kind of that violence anxiety is always in the back of my head. So freelance writing works really well for me because I can control my environment. I don't have to sit in a, at a public desk for several hours a day. I can sit in a place where I feel comfortable and I can move around if I need to. And that just is a better fit for me. I mentioned my parents. I feel like I should also say I wouldn't be able to do this without the help of them. They watch the baby and the, and the kids when they have to do interviews. I'm really lucky to have that support. And I'm really fortunate that my husband works really hard at his job for us and that our family has his stable income and also health insurance. So, I mean, I wouldn't be able to freelance without that. So that is my sort of work story. The next thing I want to just talk about is why this podcast, right? There are tons of career podcasts. Why start another one? My first reason for starting this is really straightforward and kind of boring. You know, I just want to learn a new skill. I want to learn how to tell stories in a different way. Uh, I think having this new skill could possibly help me professionally in the future. It's a different way to, to tell stories. It's not on paper, but in audio form. There's also just... This feeling, I think, for some people, when you're a parent and you are home with the kids a lot, you can kind of lose yourself in the day-to-day kid tasks, right? You hear about people saying that they have lost their identity a little bit. You're making three meals a day and you're breaking up the fights and doing the laundry and cleaning the house. And I mean, though, to be perfectly honest, my house is never really that clean or organized, but that is not my strength. But you get lost in all these tasks. So even though you love being with your kids, you can sort of lose your identity a little bit. So I wanted to start this podcast to have just a project for myself, right? This consistent project for myself that's kind of outside of me being a mom. I think we all need that. Whether you have kids too, or you work a ton of hours at your job, or you have other obligations, you know, whatever it is, it's nice to have something for ourselves, right? So that's what I'm hoping this podcast can be for me. And then, as I said in the introduction, I've just always really enjoyed hearing career stories. I never get tired of hearing about why people chose to do the work they do, especially if they love the work they do. But what I really wanted to get into on this podcast are the failures and the challenges that people have gone through along the way to achieving their career success. Because everybody has failed in at something in building their careers, right? I think it's important to be reminded of that and to learn how others pushed past those challenges to create working lives that fit their version of success. I hope these stories give you a little push to move forward on some of the big goals that you want to accomplish, despite the struggles or challenges that you've had in the past. I mean, I think, of course, we all agree, failure stinks. Putting yourself out there is scary. I've recorded this episode probably at least six times, and I think I'm going to be really, really nervous to actually upload it. So I understand the fear of putting yourself out there. 
but we all need to keep moving to be persistent so we can reach our own versions of success, whatever that looks like. And I hope the stories that are told on this podcast help push you to, to do just that. And with that, I think it's time for me to close for today. I thank you so, so much for listening to my story. I hope you will tune in to hear other people's stories in the weeks to come. I will be here again next week. Until then, take care. Thank you so much for taking the time today to listen to We Built This Life. If you enjoyed the podcast, I would be so grateful if you would leave a review on iTunes. That really helps other people find the show and in turn helps the show grow. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under We Built This Life, and I do hope you'll stop by there and share a little bit about yourself. If you'd like to share your own story, I would love to hear it. Please email me at webuiltthislifepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening today, and I'll see you soon.